0: The following audio is from Overland Park Community Church. More information about OPCC can be found online at overlandpark.cc. Welcome to OPCC. Welcome to those of you who may be first-time guests. We're glad you're here and welcome to those joining online. And I hope that as we've jumped into this series on hope that I'm giving you some hope. Amen. Hope is uh, interesting. Sometimes when we walk through something difficult in life, hope is all you have. Hope that things will change. Hope that things will get better. And when you experience a wound, especially if it is a wound that is self-inflicted, but even if you experience something that is inflicted by someone else, you most likely will feel some shame. You go through a divorce and you deal with that and you'll probably have some shame tied to it. You get something like a DUI, you know, and sometimes they make you put one of those things in your car that you have to breathe into before the thing will start. So now anytime anybody rides with you, you're, you know, probably feel shame every time that that happens. And there can be a number of different things like that that can bring about um, shame in our lives. And that's what pain does oftentimes is it produces a lot of shame. And Jesus understood this, as a matter of fact, um, he took on all of the insults that were meant um, for God the Father as Jesus walked in the flesh, he took on all of that, all of those insults. And he, I'm sure um, all of the shame that sin should cause, he bore it on the cross of Calvary. I think there's some things about the cross that we don't understand because they're so far beyond our ability to comprehend all that Jesus endured on the cross. Peter certainly knew what shame was about. Uh, He caused some shame, experienced some shame. He denied knowing the the Lord, even when the Lord said, hey, I'm going to use you in a great way. The very movement that Jesus would start, Peter denied even knowing the guy that started it. Okay? And so he had to walk with that guilt and that shame that was produced. And he wrote this verse that's been a theme for us in this series. In 1 Peter 2, 24, he says, He himself bore our sins in his body on the tree so that we might die to sins and live for righteousness. By his wounds, you have been healed. So by the wounds of the Lord himself, we are able to experience healing. Healing. And the word used for healed is the word yalomai and it means wholeness it means completeness so ultimately we walk into a relationship with the Lord we meet him we recognize that we're sinners we describe that experience in a number of different ways being born again being saved what are you saved from you're saved from your like you're saved from the wrath of God that your sins deserve and you're forgiven and you're given um, like a, a sh- like you're given the righteousness of Christ. You are made right in the sight of God because Christ becomes your sacrifice. So you're made whole. Your soul is broken. The, the scripture describes us in the, before we know the Lord, that we are enemies of Christ. Like we, enemies of God. We can't, we, don't, we can't even have a conversation with him, but Christ reconciles us. He makes us whole. So the soul is disconnected from God because of sin, and then we are made complete, and it is by the wounds that were inflicted on Christ uh, on the cross. There's both physical wounds, but even deeper than that, all that he took on, as he took on all of the guilt and the shame of humanity— by that deep wound that we are healed. And so we look at it and go, okay, that's what it means, like I'm healed. Well, that's just the beginning. When you become a follower of Jesus, you are healed and your soul is broken. But then we go through this process that we're, we're consistently to be transformed. There's different words for it, sanctification, spiritual growth, whatever you want to call it. But when you boil it right down, we're talking about a whole and complete person. So just because you experience the Lord doing a work in your life and you begin the journey, you've started the race, Paul calls it a race, you've joined the fight, the good fight of faith, but that thing goes on and it, it continues to move forward. And there's a wholeness that is to be um, happening, a healing that has to happen over and over in your life. So there's one that makes you a part of the kingdom but you're still living in this thing called the flesh and you're trying to follow Jesus and you receive all of his righteousness and he's the perfect man and we strive after holiness, but we're doing it in this fallen flesh and so we go through brokenness. We go through things to where we we fail. We sometimes have wounds happen to us because of our own selfishness and they're self-inflicted, and sometimes because of someone else and what they do and their sin, it wounds us. And we have to navigate through that and allow the Lord um, to heal us in the midst of it. And that's the very purpose of what Jesus came to die on the cross of Calvary. That's the whole purpose of the cross. And so today, you know, we've been talking a lot about this uh, whole idea of, of having hope and healing. And today I want to talk to you about healing and forgiveness. And the first thing I want you to understand is, is that they are different, okay? Healing and forgiveness are night and day difference. Whenever you walk into something and you, you rebel from the Lord's will and you sin, um, or you recognize for the first time in your life that you are a sinner, and you say, I recognize that I'm a sinner, and you confess with your mouth, you believe in your heart, and you, you make confession to the Lord and you say, I, forgive, I need forgiveness, Lord. I recognize I'm not like you, Jesus. I, I'm not perfect. I'm broken. I'm a mess. And you confess your sin to Jesus. Um, or if you've already done that and you, you stumble and you confess your sin to Jesus, <laughs> forgive it. Just instantaneous. As soon as you genuinely repent, from your heart, you you make confession to the Lord Jesus Christ, you're forgiven. It's an instantaneous thing. The Bible says in 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, that Jesus, he is faithful to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. You can be forgiven. Let me say it this way. You can be, you cannot be healed of anything, even after you become a follower of Jesus, you cannot be healed without being forgiven. But you can be forgiven without being healed. You can be forgiven of something without being healed. So the Lord gave me this illustration today, and I want to share it with you. You guys know the I have, I have five children. Really, I have six, and the sixth is a canine, okay? And I love my dog. Um, he is, he's, we all love him, but he's a lot to take care of. He's 110 pounds. He's a big baby. He's scared of things. He acts real mean sometimes. If you come up to the fence and try to do something, he'll bark at you, and if you try to pet him, he might go, woof, woof, and scare you to death, but if you jumped at him, he'd run up on the deck. Like he's just, he's so funny. Well, Jonah dog sits sometimes for some people. And I told him the last time he did this, don't, you can't bring that dog over here anymore because we've got an older dog as well. He's at the end of his life and he doesn't want to admit it. So he's still trying to be the alpha. You got this young dog that hasn't figured out that he is the alpha. He just doesn't know it yet. And so this dog's got him bluffed you bring this female dog over there, and they fight every time. I said, don't bring that dog back over here. Well, he brought the dog back over. And so he probably, what, makes $100, and it ends up costing me 250 after it's all said and done. Uh, it does, I didn't have to take him to the vet, but they did get into a fight. And so Red had been bitten in the nose. And the other dog was bitten as well. And, and so they... He had this bad bloody spot, and, and I'm going to share, share this with you to teach you the difference between healing and forgiveness, is that we knew it was bad, uh, but didn't know how bad, and, and, and Red won't let you do anything to it. Red will not let, you cannot trim his nails, you, like you can pet him, you can feed him, you can love him, but anything he really needs, you can't do to him, okay? Like he won't let you do it. And so I needed to get some peroxide on this because I didn't want to pay a huge vet bill. And so I just waited for him to go to sleep and I pulled me up a syringe of that thing out of the bottle. When he's just out, I just kind of lean over there and just hit him real hard and then walk off. And he looks up and doesn't know what happened. Well, he figured, because he's smart, man. If he sees that brown bottle... He will leave, like he will just immediately, as soon as he sees it, he knows what's going on, and, and then you got a war. so I have to wait for him to go to sleep, so he won't let me do that. Well, I keep working, keep working, and I, I'm getting it, and I finally I start using a warm rag, and the bloody spot kind of comes off, and there's a hole in his face. I mean, just the size of a canine tooth, just a deep hole. And so I'm like, oh, we got to keep that thing clean. And so we we use the peroxide to get it clean and get the bacteria out and make sure so that we can treat it. Forgiveness is the peroxide. Lord, I need forgiveness. Boom, it's clean. But now I need to get some, uh, uh, what's it called, bro? Yes, ointment. That good stuff, what's, what's, anyway, it's got that. It, it numbs stuff. I can't think of the name right now. Neosporn, thank you, Jesus. And so I got to get some of that down in the hole, right? And so I had to sort of sneak that in there a couple of times, but then he figured out. He doesn't mind that. And it's the, one of the few things that he's let me do is I can get a big deal of that and he'll let me push it on there and rub it right into his wound because he knows it's making it feel better. It's not scaring him. And he's going through the healing process. He resisted the peroxide. The peroxide was necessary. His heart was hard and he was having nothing to do with it. Okay, but we got it done. And now he's embracing the healing. And that's what it's like for us as humans is that sometimes it's hard to confess and say, man, I'm wrong here. I I know I've rebelled from the Lord. I know I shouldn't have done this. And it's, it's hard to admit that. But once we do, the healing process can take place. And so the big difference between the two is that healing takes time and forgiveness doesn't. Like it doesn't take very long to deal with the peroxide or whatever you're going to use to kind of cleanse the wound. That's the easy part. It's always really fast. It's the healing process after that that takes takes time. And we need to understand that it takes time. That if we're walking through some kind of wound in our life, we can be forgiven as soon as we make confession, but we're not going to be healed right then. And that's going to take time. And that's why I think Paul, he writes about in Philippians chapter 2, about our salvation. Listen to what he says. Therefore, my dear friends, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, continue to work out, he says, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you to will and to act according to his good purpose. Okay, so he says, you need to work out your salvation. When the wholeness comes to you, and you receive forgiveness of God, from God, you've confessed that you're a sinner, the Lord has forgiven you of sin, and you've been re- made right with him, that's called salvation. But he says, work that out. You've received it, now work it out. Now this is very important. We do not work for salvation. You can't work for it. Jesus did all the work on the cross of Calvary. So we just receive salvation. But once we receive salvation, you do work that salvation out into your life. And there's a few Greek words in this text that I want to draw your attention to that are really, really applicable when it comes to healing. The first one is the word here where he says, um, at the very first part in verse 12, he says, as you have always obeyed. Okay, that is uh, the word hupakuo, hupakuo, right? And it means to listen, to hearken. Of one who on the knock at the door comes to listen who it is. That's what, it's, that's what it means. You listen like a, the duty of a, par- a porter. Listen who, who it is, right? So who it is. That's what that, mean, that word means. So if we're going to work out our salvation, then that part of the verse is teaching us that we have to be good at listening for the Holy Spirit. Now, this is where Jesus talked about in John chapter 10, my sheep will hear my voice, they will listen, and they will follow me. And so as we continue in that obedience, that kuo, we listen. We're really good at that, at hearing and listening for the knock on the door. Here's the second word. And it is for when he says, how much more in my assets, you continue to work out your salvation, work that out. That is the word or phrase katergazome. And it means to perform, accomplish, or achieve, to work out. That is to do that from which something results. Okay. So we listen When we hear the knock, listen for who it is at the door that's knocking. We hear, and then we do something with what we've heard that brings about results. We don't just hear and listen. We do something with it. And then here's the third word. And it's for the one where it says, for it is God who works. Okay? So we listen, we hear. And we learn in this that it's not automatic and instantaneous like forgiveness. This is where we see the healing. This takes some time. It takes some time for us to walk through. And this last one is good news because when it says God works, this is the word um, energeo. And it means to be operative, to be at work, to put forth power, to work for one, aid one, to effect, to display one's activity or to show one's self-operative. I listen. I listen for the knock on the door who it is. It is the Lord. He speaks. As I hear what he is saying to me, I try to perform in a way that brings results and he comes alongside me and shows himself operative. That's what the verse is saying, to work out your salvation with fear and trembling as the Lord who is at work in you comes alongside of you. Now, so this is the second takeaway. Wounds will not heal without work. If you have been wounded, I don't care how, how shallow or deep the wound is, it will not heal if you don't work. If you come to church and you say, I believe in Jesus and that's all you do, you're doing no work. You're not working your salvation out into your life and therefore you're not healing from any, any wound that you've experienced, whether it's self-inflicted or not. And it could be something as simple as you being rude to someone and speaking in, uh, in, a, in a way that doesn't reflect and honor the glory of God to as, uh, something as deep as you being unfaithful to your spouse and committing adultery on your marriage. It could be, it doesn't matter. Okay, so you don't get to say, oh man, that guy right there, I wish he was here at church today and he could hear this. He could really work through some stuff. Listen, we're talking about our mouths getting away from us at Price Chopper as much as we are talking about a deep sin um, that, that we would go, oh, that's so bad. What's the difference? The difference is they're both offensive to their Lord and they both cause wounds for us. Some are just deeper. And the fact of the matter is the less we give attention to the little stuff like a price chopper, the greater our temptation will be to fall in the big stuff because our wounds just start, we start dealing with all this pain and we're looking for a way out and we don't even know how deep that we're hurting on the inside. And so it's very important for us to recognize when we are inflicting pain on our lives because of our attitudes and how we're not listening for the knock on the door, who it is. It is God speaking to us about our behavior so that we can give attention to it that brings about results and he can come alongside of us and gale, he can perform work and we can experience freedom from what usually would bring bondage in our lives. And so wounds will not work will not heal without work. So listen to what James says. This is a brother of Jesus. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like a man who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But the man who looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues to do this, not forgetting what he has heard, but doing it, um, he will be blessed in what he does. So what is he saying there? He's saying, man, like to heal, you must do work. And we have to understand there are cracks in our souls that need to be healed. And our job is to work that out. The Lord has already done everything to make a way for it to happen. Our job is when he shows us something, we start to work it out. And his job is to provide the power for us to accomplish what he's asked us to do. And we must let the word show us what is wrong. So this verse is saying, That if you want to, if you want to be a whole and complete person, all that you were originally designed to be, you want to live life to the fullest, then one of the things that you need to be good at is listening at the knock of the door of the Holy Spirit saying something to you. And the way that you do that is you take the word and you open it up and it is a mirror to the soul. So the word shows me in my inner man what is broken. And the word will show you in your inner man or inner woman what is broken. And if you only rely on what I am teaching you on a Sunday morning, that is good. That is better than nothing. But the fact of the matter is, is you might come in one Sunday and the Lord may have put a message on my heart that is specifically for you. And it just hits you right between the eyes and you're like, man, that's what I needed. But you might not. I might miss it totally. Totally. And what you need, what I need, is we need to be looking in the mirror every day. And I can tell when some of you leave the house and you don't look in the mirror. Right? And you get the price chopper and you see somebody, you're like, dang it, I didn't think I'd run into anybody. And you start apologizing. The only thing about the inner man is you can hide it. You can make the outer man look real good and never look at the mirror and the inner man and take a look at yourself. But ultimately, it shows up because it impacts your countenance. It impacts everything about you. And so we look at this and we go, man, what, 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 the, what will happen is if we will listen to the Lord and we will listen to what he's saying to us, then he will show us whether it is a very deep wound that we have self-inflicted or it's something like I keep referring to about losing control of our attitude. And what happens is, as we get good at listening, the Lord will come alongside of us, and he will speak to us, and we will start to do the work. And it's easy to listen and hear something and never do the work. But if we want to be whole and complete, we can't leave off the last step of doing the work. Work it out in, work out your salvation into your life. So the guy, uh, you're you're at the store, and you get frustrated over something, or you're anywhere doing anything, and you get frustrated, and you lose your and you snap and you're rude and you leave there. And as you leave, you get in your car and you're driving away and you listen for the knock on the door, who it is. And he says, it's me. (laughs) And you know, your attitude was right. I know Lord, Jesus, what's wrong with me? I'm sorry. He said, forgiven. You're forgiven. You're my kid. Mm, I'm so glad I'm forgiven. Working it out, he will continue to speak and say, why don't you go back in there and apologize? Oh, Jesus, I got to be somewhere. You understand how late it is, Jesus. Work it out. You want to be whole? You want to be complete? Go back in there and tell that person. Well, what would they think, Lord? They just might think they've encountered a human being that is living according to a different standard than the rest of the world. They will have encountered a kingdom person. Someone who listens and obeys. They don't hear the word. They don't merely listen to the word. They do what it says. And then we start, we go walk in and go, I don't want to do this. I don't want to, but I'm going to listen, Lord. And you walk back in there and you say, listen, you know what? I, I'm sorry. I was rude to you. And I, I, I just need to come back in and apologize for my attitude. That person's going to be like, what? Nobody does that. And you're going to walk out of there and you're going to feel like you're on cloud nine because the Lord's going to look at you and say, now that's, that's something I can do some work in. I could come alongside that person and show myself operative in their life because they're emptying themselves of themselves so that they can allow me to fill them up with the Holy Spirit. And so then we start bearing the fruit of the Spirit because we're doing the work um, that is allowing us to be healed now. If you are not willing to do it on little stuff like that, whenever you hit something big hits you, and it will, like I don't care who you are, I don't care how much you love Jesus or don't love Jesus, I don't care how long you've been alive, someday at some point in time, if you live very long, there's going to be a very painful thing that hits you. It's just going to hit you. And, and when it does, you've got to be able to walk through it and navigate through it and allow the Lord to, to heal you. And the better you are at the little stuff, the easier it is when you face something big. As a matter of fact, I think we could prevent a lot of the larger stuff in our lives if we would just deal with the little stuff. I think it's Solomon who said, it's the little foxes that spoil the vine, the little ones that you got to worry about, not the big ones as the little ones lead to the big ones. And so for a wound to heal, what we're saying here is we need to face it and embrace it. And that's what work is. That's what the working it out into your life is. And Jesus said it this way, take up your cross if you want to be my disciple. Jesus said, if you want to be my disciple, take up your cross and follow me. Take up your instrument of execution, and kill yourself when yourself shows up. You see, yourself will say, I don't want to go back in and apologize to that. I mean, come on. I believe in Jesus. Jesus loves me. Jesus rose from the dead. I mean, isn't Easter all about forgiveness? I don't have to walk back in. And, no, Jesus said, take up your cross, get your tail in, back in there, and do what I would do. You know why that's so important? Is because the next time you're about to lose control of your mouth, you will think about it. You will think about to walk and follow Jesus means that I act differently. And I remember how the Lord had to take me through that journey. It's kind of like if you ever were at the grocery store and you stole something when you were a little kid. I remember I did. I stole a piece of bubble gum, man, at Stockton's grocery store in Oklahoma City. I got it back in the car and I had me a piece of bubble gum. And I got in the car and I, and my mom said, where did you get that? And I pointed back at the store and she marched me right back in there. I was terrified. And I never stole a piece of gum again from the store, but I did from Zoe. <laughs> and so, and so, like, I, it, it made an impression on me. It's like, man, I don't want to walk through that thing. But I also learned a really important lesson. And so the Lord takes us on that same type of journey as we listen to Him. Now, so that, so we're to take up our cross. We're to die to ourselves. And that's what it looks like. It's like, take up your instrument of execution and 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 kill your flesh. That's what we're talking about. When your flesh rises up and the listen for the door, on the knock of the door, who it is. And you know it is the Lord. And your flesh will say, you don't have time for this. And this is not that big a deal. Just let it go. I mean, the Lord forgives. You're in a rush. It is a big deal. Stop and listen for the knock on the door, who it is, and then step in and work it out. And life will start to happen in your life because now you are not listening to your flesh. You're being led of the spirit. And now you're beginning to produce greater fruit in your life. The love, the joy, the peace, the patience, the long suffering. Listen, my greatest, the favorite thing for me about following Jesus, and it has been ever since I started my journey with him, is joy. I mean, I just have a joy down deep in my heart and I just enjoy life. It doesn't matter what I'm doing. I just enjoy life and I enjoy what the Lord has done in me. And that comes from the more that I learn to obey him, the more that I learn to surrender, the more that I learn to take up my cross and not let my flesh lead, let the spirit lead, the greater my capacity for joy is. And so now I'm living the abundant life that Jesus talked about, is that he has come to give life and to give it more abundantly. And so this takes us to our final takeaway before we get to the big idea. The greatest obstacle to your healing in any of this is guilt. Okay? And so that kind of sets us up where what I'm talking about when I talk about this joy, because wounds make us weak. We get weak when we get knocked down. And healing is the only way you can regain your strength. So healing from something that has wounded you is the only way that you can regain the strength necessary to move forward. That's why we call it hope, is we're hoping that that which is necessary to move past this will come into my life and enable me to get on the other side of it where I don't feel as hurt and as much pain as I feel right now. And joy for us is it equals um, strength, which is the ability to fight and navigate through some of these situations. But here's, here's the thing. We, we said, I've established you have to be good at listening because the Lord is going to knock on the door uh, and we're, we're trying to figure out who it is, right? But there are competing voices. And so the voice, of, the voice of God, that is the Holy Spirit, and he is speaking to us and that's who we want to listen to. I want to be able to recognize, man, this is the Spirit of God impacting my life. I've been in the Word, and I know this is something the Lord is drawing to my attention. He's knocking on the door of my heart. I'm listening, and the Spirit of God is speaking to me. The problem is, um, he's not the only one speaking. (laughs) Because you also have to deal with the voice of other people. And there will always be people that will tell you something contrary to what the voice of the Lord will tell you. There'll always be someone in your life that'll tell you, oh, you don't really need to do that. Oh, that, that, you don't have to do that. Well, I'm this faith and we don't have to do anything like that. You know what you have to do? You have to do whatever Jesus tells you to do. And if you don't know how to listen to him, somebody else will tell you that you didn't really hear that. You heard something else. And so now you're not even listening to the voice who created you. And so you've got to understand that you must choose your influencers wisely. You say, well, how do I choose my influencers wisely? Make sure you got some people who know how to open this up and look at it as a mirror to their soul. And they react according to what the, the word is showing them that is broken in their lives. They're walking through the brokenness. They're experiencing the yeah, oh my." They are becoming whole and complete. And now the Lord is pouring joy out in their lives. And, you know, you can trust them. So you choose some influencers around you that you know, they know how to listen to the voice of the Lord and they know how to walk in obedience to what God has called them to. And you be very careful about the voices that you know are not doing that. And it's obvious, you can pick people out, you can, the Lord will show you, if you want to follow him, he will show you people that you can um, uh, uh, look at, look to for direction to help you along in your journey. And I hope that you would, I I believe you look at me as one of them, I, I think you come here and you come back to listen to me teach, that is a voice certainly, but you need more than me. Um, you need other women. Those of you who are women need women in your life that are, are not your um, pastor or pastor's wife. They're just people like that aren't in ministry and they're following the voice of the Lord and they're everywhere. Like the people everywhere that are trying to listen to the voice of the Lord. The problem is there are also people everywhere that aren't listening to the voice of the Lord. So you've got to choose your influencers wisely because there's another competing voice and that is the voice of the devil himself. And he's an accuser. He's an accuser and he's a liar. He's been a liar from the beginning. And he will say things to you like when the Lord says, hey, how about you go back and apologize to your attitude for that, to that barista that just messed up your coffee and you just threw a fit, right? Because Your coffee was messed up. Listen, I, I know you guys get mad like that because I do. I love my coffee to be right. But I want to try to make, I don't want to ruin somebody else's life just because they made a mistake on the coffee and not reflect the character of Christ. And so when I'm walking through that moment, then there's one, like the Lord would say, hey, man, that's not a way. Like you can you can hold somebody accountable without being a jerk, Jimmy. And they say, well, the devil said, no, you need to be a jerk. They won't listen. They won't listen if you're not a jerk, Right. And so now all of a sudden you're listening to the liar instead of listening to the Lord, and you're starting to react in ways that don't reflect the kingdom of Christ. And so you have to be careful because he will tell you all kinds of things. He will also tell you that you can't open up and ask somebody else to speak some truth into your life. Because if they find out what you did, then they will think you are a horrible person. And if the pastor finds out that you did this, or if the pastor finds out that you were involved in this kind of relationship, or if the pastor finds out that they're going to tell you, you can't go to church there anymore. That's a liar. That's an accuser of the brethren. man, we're in this thing together and we all stumble and we need each other and the Lord has put us together so that we can help one another and so we're looking for people to put around us that we know can influence us that know how to listen to the voice of the Lord, how to respond in in obedience and that aren't going to be condemning voices in our lives but they're going to be voices that speak wisdom and help us to walk the road of healing. But here's the scary thing, okay? I've, I've talked about these influential voices. The most influential voice you will hear is your own and it is the most condemning voice too it is the one who will tell you you're terrible it is the one that will tell you, you, he, you know, the voice you're hearing from that's a liar he's right that you will never make anything of your life you'll never like your reputation is soiled you'll never be this I mean your voice is the most condemning voice you will hear your voice is the one that will tell you everybody's looking at you when you walk in the room Your voice will tell you all kinds of things about you. And so you've got to make sure you're not even listening to your voice unless your voice is connected to his voice and the mirror of the word is reflecting in your life and showing you what's broken and showing you what's right. Now you can trust your voice because your voice sounds like his voice. So you got to be careful with your voice. And that's why I'm always telling you guys, you got to be in the word. Why do I have to be in the word? It's not so that you are pleasing God. It's so that you don't screw your life up. Because your voice is the most powerful voice in your life, and if you don't make it harmonize with the truth of God's word, then all of a sudden, your voice—that is the most influential voice in your life—is speaking shame, it's speaking guilt, it's speaking failure, it's telling you you're a mess, it's telling you all kinds, it's telling you you don't need to listen to the Lord, and you find yourself living a broken life, and you never do know what it what it means to live the abundant life that Jesus talked about. And here's what the Lord says about that. In 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 12, Paul writes, we do not dare to classify our, or compare ourselves with some who commend themselves. When they measure themselves by themselves and compare themselves with themselves, they're not wise. This is not a wise thing to listen to your own voice. You need some other voices speaking into your life, some other voices speaking truth into you. And so listening to these voices can be a very condemning experience. And so what we have to realize is that the voice of the Lord will not condemn us, okay, unless we rebel against him. So the the voice of the Lord, the only condemnation that comes from God as his voice to a human being is when that human being rejects Jesus when he's offered salvation to them. There's, no, there's now no remission. There's no hope. There's no chance of um, propitiation, taking their sins off of them because they have rejected the Messiah. That's the only, and so therefore there's condemnation. But if we are in Christ, that is not the case. And so listening to these voices that are condemning is important because con- condemnation brings about guilt and guilt is the inability to heal. And so, like, I could put all of the ointment I wanted to on Red's wound, but if I didn't get the peroxide in there first to cleanse it, the ointment is useless. I've got to get the wound cleansed, and then I can apply the healing aid, and that's the way it works for us. To heal and remain healthy, we cannot let guilt become an obstacle, and so we must be cleansed from our unrighteousness, and when we confess our sin, that's exactly what happens. And so you might say, well, aren't we supposed to feel guilty for sin? And the answer is no. You should not feel guilty for sin. No. Like, it becomes an obstacle because that makes you always regret in life. And regret of the past impacts the present. And the past, as I shared with you last week, should not impact the present unless it is bringing wisdom there. It shouldn't, like, your past sins should not impact the present unless it's helping you to avoid something, and you're going, oh, I remember when I, like, I stumbled here, and I, I, I remember that, and the Lord is trying to protect me. He taught me that back there. I'm not doing this again, or I bring my past up while I'm helping another person who is trying to use me as a, an influential voice in their life to speak truth, and I can tell them about my past that helps them in their present, and they see that I don't feel shame over what happened to me in the past and so i'm using the past to bring wisdom into the present but the past doesn't come and bring me shame and it should not be allowed to because we know that therefore romans 8 1 says there is now no condemnation for those who are in christ jesus When I'm in Christ, my sin should not be condemning me. This is what should happen. In 2 Corinthians 7.10, like, when, before I meet Christ, certainly there's going to be guilt. There's going to be shame before I meet the Lord. But that's the burden he takes off of me. That's why people feel so relieved when they meet the Lord. is because their sin and shame is no more. It is put in the sea of forgetfulness. Because what happens when a person meets the Lord in this way, It says Paul says, godly sorrow brings repentance that leads to salvation and leaves no regret but worldly sorrow sorrow brings death. So my sin, I'm not guilty for. And if you are still letting your sin bring condemnation in your life, you're not listening to the voice of the God. You're listening to your own voice. You're listening to the voice of others that don't understand what the word teaches, or you're listening to the voice of the accuser himself. And so this is crucial to healing because godly sorrow leads to change in life. But if you're, once that repentance happens, we can experience that change in life. But condemnation is just trying to treat a wound that is still infected. It can't heal. It's got to be cleansed. And so I would say to you, allow sorrow to lead to change instead of allowing shame to cause constant pain. (laughs) That... (sighs) Let it go, let it go, man, and realize the Lord has done a work in you. And yeah, you wish you wouldn't have done it, but you did, and you asked for forgiveness, and it's cleansed, and move on, man. And put the ointment in and do the work of healing. And eventually the Lord will close that wound and heal your heart. And that thing that you can't quit thinking about right now that is impacting your appetite and impacting every area of your life in time, if you will continue to trust the Lord and listen for the knock at the door at who it is and respond and work it out and work it into your life and allow the Lord to come alongside you and be operative, you will look back in time, maybe maybe five months, maybe five years, maybe 10 years, you will look back and you will like, be like, I'm healed. I don't hurt from that anymore. And when that happens, your capacity for joy will be even greater than it was than, as God increased it each time through the process of healing, your reservoir just got deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper. And God closes the wound. And it doesn't hurt anymore. And so the big idea of to today's talk is to listen to the Holy Spirit, do work, and you will heal. You will heal. And some of you, like if you're here this morning, and you know, you're in that spot right now. Like you're like, Oof, I needed this. I I am hurting. What I want you to hear from this word. It's not believe in Jesus and everything's perfect. You're going to feel great when you walk it. You're not. You're just not. You're not going to walk out of here and not hurt. You've been wounded. And it takes time. And it may take five months for you to walk through what you're walking through. It may take five years. But you will get better. And you will get a little better. And you will get a little better. And 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 the Lord will heal your heart if you will listen but if you don't and you just rely on the forgiveness piece you'll just keep getting caught in a perpetual state of sin and self-inflicted wounds and you'll cut that thing open and you put a peroxide on it get forgiveness and then open it back up, and then open it back up. It doesn't matter how much um, of the healing ointment you put on it if you're constantly opening that thing back up. Eventually, the peroxide even isn't even going to cleanse the wound because it's so bad and so unhealthy that you won't do the work. And so, man, like you gotta, you gotta just gotta know, you gotta know that if you will listen to the voice of the Lord, you will respond in obedience. You will walk out the obedience even though you're hurting. And he will start to heal you, and it, and what he's doing, man, it's just like the Lord. It's like God is up in heaven, man, and he he's an artist, and he's painting this picture, and all of us are different colors on his palette, and he's like, I'm gonna get a little of this, and I'm gonna I'm gonna paint this right here, and that what that is is a redemption, on. On his, on his masterpiece. And so your story, your testimony of how the Lord healed you and brought you through something, he's like painting it. And I believe that when we get to the end of the time and when the Lord says, this is it, man, nobody else, like this is my last thing right here and he dips it into that person and he paints that on the canvas of the story. I think it's gonna blow us away. I think we're going to like look back and and we're going to see our story there, man. Like, man, like the Lord all the time, like he had me in that painting. And way back thousands of years before I was even born, he had that guy in that painting. And all these stories are going to just, that's what's going on here, guys. And so like walk with that God. Don't be the God of your own life. Let him do work in you and you will heal. You will heal and your pain will teach you things about the Lord Jesus Christ that nothing else will teach you. I'm gonna ask you to bow your heads and close your eyes. We're taking communion today. And I think it's good for us like, to be reminded that we're not to partake of communion in an unworthy manner. And so what that means is like, we're, we're, we're walking with the Lord in a, in a right heart. Not that we're perfect, but we're postured toward the Lord. We're listening to him, we're allowing him to lead us, and we're following. And so I would encourage you, before you partake of the elements today, to take some time to just pray, um, commit your way to the Lord. Ask him what, like, where are you at in this whole healing thing? Like, what's going on in your life? And uh, if, if you need to talk some more and you don't know who to reach out to, it, start with me and I can help you, okay? I can help you. I can help you connect with somebody else. If you're a lady in the church that's just like, man, I'm broken. I'd like to talk to someone else, another woman. Just put it in the offering plate. I'll make it happen. The Lord is doing something cool at the church and there are people... Um, that don't know who you are and you don't know who they are, but they're already praying for you, okay? So don't be afraid to share your story. Heavenly Father, we love you. We thank you. We thank you that you are a healer. And Lord, as we walk out of this place, we pray that we have a renewed vision of what it means to work out what you've given us into our lives on a daily basis, so that we could be these deep reservoirs of joy that are impacting the world around us. And we realize, Lord, that all this that you have done is for your pleasure. And it just blows us away that you want to include us in on the story. We love you, we thank you, and we pray these things in Christ's name, amen. Thank you for listening to audio from Overland Park Community Church in Overland Park, Kansas. For more information, visit us online at overlandpark.cc.